right, good morning, church. I know you're clapping for her, not me, but that feels good too. You can keep it up if you want to. So um, I hope, hope, yeah, hope you guys are enjoying Missions Month. And uh, this, this past week, we had all kinds of stuff going on at the church. I hope you're able to come out and be a part of some of that. We had um, our pray together on Tuesday night where we prayed here and, and walked around the community and prayer walked. And then uh, Wednesday night, we had worship together. Uh, we worshiped, we fellowshiped, we ate. We showed a movie, and then we did some service stuff here around the church on Thursday. And so um, this service today is kind of going to conclude that, that serve week. And uh, what we're going to do today is going to, it's going to look different. I'm going to have a few people um, on a panel come up here in just a minute that go to church here, uh, most of them, or um, that serve with, with a local ministry or work for, for local ministries, and then some of them that have been on international mission trips, and they're going to come up here, and they're going to share a little bit about their experience and, and how they, they decided to do it and uh, what the Lord has shown them through that. And so, you know, maybe you hear that and you get like kind of bummed and think, you know, I just wanted to come here and hear a, a good message from Joel. And so come back next week and he's going to give a good message. But um, I, I, like I've been there because when I was a kid and um, I sat in the small little Baptist church that I grew up in, if we had somebody come and share like mission stuff, I, I didn't really get it. I didn't get why. I didn't get why we were um, doing what we were doing. And I kind of, I kind of zoned out. So, um, I want to take a few minutes to answer that question before they come up here, the, the question why. Why do we have a month called Missions Month? Um, why do we do the stuff we did this past week? Why do we devote uh, a month to this and, and have a Sunday where we're like devoting it to missions? Why not just like another night of the week where only like 40 people are going to come? And, and we do that too. And luckily, we, thankfully, we had more people come this year in the middle of the week. But um, why, why are we even here as a church to begin with? And that's what Joel's been talking about through the book of Acts. And we live in a world where we need to be more skeptical about things, I think, that just because the media tells us something or just because we hear something doesn't mean we should believe everything that we're told. And so you ask why, like there's something behind this why. And um, young people doing youth ministry, they want to know why. They have a thousand different questions because they have all these different perspectives that are being thrown at them. Why things are the way they are. Why is this thing moral and this, this thing is immoral? Why is it that, that you're telling me that Jesus is the only way to eternal life when these other people are telling me something totally different? And so, um, like I said, I, I grew up in, in East Kentucky. I went to a small little Baptist church. I, I made a profession of faith, got baptized when I was seven. And um, I, I had that childlike faith that I, don't, I didn't, you know, as, as most kids in, at that age, ask myself those, those why questions. And it wasn't probably until... Um, I was in my 20s that I started asking myself, why? Why is it that I believe what I believe? Because when I was a kid, like a lot of kids that grew up in the Bible Belt, it's like, this is my parents' religion, so, so this is my religion. And maybe some of you, you have kids. I have a three-year-old and a one-year-old, and the three-year-old has been at the age, I mean, probably when he was, like before he was two, at the age of asking why. And now he will ask why all the time. It could be in the front yard, be telling him not to go in the road, and him asking why. And him saying, and, and, and me saying, because you could get hurt. Why? Because there's cars that drive by there. Why? Because their houses are right there and they're driving to get to their house. And then eventually it's like, but daddy, I want to get my ball. And I have to say, no, you, you're not going to go in the road. I said, no, stay right here. It's for your safety. And so um, in scripture, God gives us commands. And there's certain things he makes very, very clear. In Matthew 28, 19 and 20, been shared throughout the month, 
Jesus says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And our response a lot of times to that looks like my son saying, why? And then we get the why answer. We come to church, get the why answer, why it is that we're called to do this. And we still have lots of excuses. You know, I I don't have time. I don't feel like I'm equipped. I'm not well-spoken. And then simply it just comes down to disobedience that we we don't want to listen. So I want to give you guys some numbers of why we, we do this. All right, because we do believe that Jesus is the one way to heaven. We do believe that it's only those that have been born again that will have eternal life. So this is um, some numbers in Tennessee from um, the Baptist and Reflector. In rural areas, there's, uh, it's estimated about 1,000 lost people for, uh, that are within a church's area of influence. In a city like Knoxville, that's more like 3,000 lost people within a church's area of influence. In Tennessee, around 64,000 people die each year. If 58% of those, I'm not really sure where the 58% number came from, but if 58% of those are lost, that's around 38,000 people in Tennessee per year dying separated from God, 105 people every single day. There's lost people all around us. What about world stats when we amplify that? About 150,000 people die each day. It's estimated that 29.2% of them die, and they never hear the good news, never hear the gospel, don't know of Jesus. So this isn't people just that have heard and have decided, no, I don't believe that. But 29, 29.2% of people, that's 44,000 people that, that have never heard the gospel that are, that are dying each day. Imagine 88 Boeing 747s, each full to capacity with 500 people crashing on the same day. That's how many people are dying each day without hearing the way to have eternal life. And we believe that the word of God is true, that Jesus is the way, that he's the truth and the life, that that no one comes to the Father except through Christ, and um, that he's given to us believers, he's given the church the task of making him known. And ultimately, the why answer, and sometimes we don't like this and we want to kick and scream about this, but the why answer comes down to because I said so. And that's what it ends up being with my my son a lot of times, because I said so. And God said so. And I gave you one verse, but that's not the only verse, and I'm going to walk us through that here for just a minute. But when when God saves us, our mission should change. The, The world teaches us to make much of ourselves. Right, we, we desire so much in this lifetime to make a name for ourselves in our, in our career, with our family, um, in our community. We want to be known, right? We, we want to make a name for ourselves. But when God saves us, our mission should change. And our purpose is no longer for me to make a name for myself, but for me to make a name for my God. Now, he, does, he doesn't need my help of making him any greater but I'm, I'm called to make him known, to participate in the kingdom work that he has saved me for. And it's the same for all of us, not just, a select, not just a select few. It is part of being a disciple, being a follower of Jesus. And so since God is all about missions, since he's serious about making his known, name known and receiving the glory, we want to be serious about it too here. And so I told you that it's through scripture. Like it's a story of scripture. If you go all the way back to Genesis, that God is using people to make his name known and so that he will receive glory. All the way back when he calls Abraham, when Abram's called in Genesis chapter 12, God says to him, 
I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. You see, God called Abraham not to the neglect of all the other nations, but so that through Abraham's seed could come a Savior. And through that Savior, all people could be blessed. That means Gentiles. That means people right here in Tennessee. That means people around the world. And then God continues as the plot of Scripture unfolds to make himself known through those who he has chosen. He calls Moses. Um, to show his power to the Egyptians and to Pharaoh, and then to give him commandments. And so in Deuteronomy, as it says, that the Israelites, they would be looked at as this wise and discerning people. He calls Solomon the wisest man perhaps to ever live for people to see the greatness of the God as they come to Israel and they see all this on display. He calls Daniel when, when Judah's taken into exile, he calls Daniel and this pagan king, Nebuchadnezzar, confesses the one true God through the works that he sees God do through Daniel. And then Jesus comes onto the, the scene and he fulfills prophecy after prophecy. And in Luke 4, 43, he says, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to other towns as well. I was sent for this purpose to what he was sent for to make God known. And then in Matthew 24, 14, as he's talking about end times, he says, and this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. And then later, he's, um, he's rejected by his own people, he's crucified, he rises again from the dead, and he leaves it up to his church, empowered by the Holy Spirit, to be witnesses, to make his name known. In Acts 1-8, the, the verse that's out on the signs as you come in with Missions Month, that verse is, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And then in the end, we, we go forward to Revelation. This is what it looks like in Revelation 7-9. John says, after this, I looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands. From the beginning of Scripture to the end of Scripture, this is the plot of Scripture. We have a holy God, and he uses his creation, those made in his image, to make him known throughout the world. And God's still doing that. He's still saving people. And he's using his children as vessels to do that, to make his salvation known. And so if we go back to that verse, to Acts 1.8, this is where we find ourselves at today. Set apart, spirit-filled, children of God, living in a lost and dying world, called to, to make Christ known to our families and our communities and throughout the world. And it names some places in this verse, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and then it says to, to all the ends of the earth. So where they're at, Jerusalem, the, the city where they're at, and then kind of the state that's there, and then the Samaria, that's the region um, that, that the... Um, People in Jerusalem, they didn't really get along with them. They didn't really get along with them. It's, it's north of where Judea was and then um, throughout the world. So it's all people. It's, you know, the people right next door, your enemies, and the people all throughout the world. And so I want to go ahead and invite, if you're on the, the panel, to come on up and Amanda to come on up. And um, what we're going to do here is um, we're going to have people who kind of represent these different areas, marginalized communities, um, a service right here in our church, 11B. Chrissy's going to be talking about 11B. Um, Brittany's going to be talking about focus ministries. Um, Courtney is going to be talking about a ministry that's out of state. 
up in Massachusetts, Harbor City. It's a church up there that we help support. And then Jordan and Stanton are going to be talking about a couple of international ministries. So I'm going to give it over to Amanda. And um, you guys be praying and asking yourself as they're talking, like if you're not involved, um, besides just you know coming, coming on Sunday, uh, how it is that God would use you further here serving in the church um, throughout the state, throughout the, the country, and abroad. Thanks, Clark. Uh, well, good morning. My name is Amanda Walton, and uh, for those of you who don't know me, uh, I serve on the mission team here at the church at Cirque Hills, and it is just my distinct honor and privilege to have an opportunity to interview um, our panel this morning. You know, uh, as I was preparing to do this, I had no idea what Clark was going to talk about, but uh, the thing that came to mind for me was Acts 1-8. Represented on the stage today, uh, we do have people serving in our Jerusalem, which, which is right here in Knoxville. We have people who are serving what we would consider Ju uh, Judea, um, which is going to be hearing from, uh, from Courtney a little bit, not still in the U.S., but a little further from home. Uh, we're going to hear from people who are serving at the in to the ends of the earth. And then also in Samaria with the marginalized uh, communities uh, that are around us. And so I'm really excited to hear uh, what this panel has to say this morning. And I hope that you are equally excited to hear from them. This is a firsthand ac account of how God is moving the gospel forward through people who are living out Acts 1-8. And so we're just going to go ahead and jump right in and get started. Um, tell us who you are, uh, what ministry you are representing today, and what made you want to get involved in serving with that ministry. I'm Chrissy Adams. Um, we represent 11B. We serve, there's two different groups. There's a Knoxville group and a Lake City group. I have the privilege of serving up in Lake City. Um, it's very humbling even to be up here. So thank you, Clark, for asking me to speak because it's, it's a privilege when you get to do anything for Jesus. But um, the, the poor first service, they had to hear me stutter around. I'm not a speaker, but... Um, it got started, my daughter worked up in Lake City, and I would take her to the dentist office up there, and we started seeing a lot of people walk around, and I, was, I kept asking her, why are all these people walking around up here? There's, it's during the day, there's too many people out walking around. Well, it progressed, I was like, well, Ellie, why do they carry backpacks? Mama, I don't know why they carry backpacks. And then one morning, I pulled up to take her to work, and there was somebody sleeping in the doorway right across from the dentist's office. She said, Mama, I found out they're homeless. And it was like, oh, my goodness, it was cold outside. I was like, let's clean out our closets. So with that being said, I started asking people at my work and my friends, hey, do you have anything? Don't throw it away. I didn't ask the first service, but if you all have anything, don't throw it away. <laughs> we'll take it. It clothes, socks, shoes, anything like that, hoodies, jackets. So um, we started taking clothes up there. Well, we started having so many donations. I would pull up, and my front porch would be covered. I didn't even know where they came from. My garage stays so full now that I can barely get in it. Yesterday, my daughter and I went to Blount County to pick up donations for this. So I went to Joel and I said, hey, we need a bus or a van or something. Do you all have one that you may sell that you used to use? He said, no. And I said, what about Second Baptist? I heard that they've stopped their bus ministry during the pandemic. He was like, they don't have any they want to get rid of right now. Well, he said, but do you want to feed them? I was like, Joel, you're not going to believe this. We've been taking clothes up there, and we have been praying about wanting to feed them. And it was a prayer answered. God just answered that because I thought, well, we'll, we'll make some crock pots full of uh, chili or something. Take it. He's like, no, we'll feed them. Yeah. 
So we started feeding them, and it has just grown and grown since then. I mean, it's, it's grown phenomenally. Good morning. Focus Ministries works to provide hope for women that are incarcerated and um, newly released through strategic programming behind the walls of correctional facilities and comprehensive support in our reentry program. So 97,000 women are released annually in the state of Tennessee um, from a jail or prison. Without any rehabilitative services, two of three of these women will return behind bars. Many of these women are mothers, and their children are likely to follow in their footsteps. So it is critical that we, as Clark said, uh, we are called as vessels. God uses us to speak truth and life um, into these women. Um, so we would love to uh, share more with you about that. Morning, everybody. My name is Courtney Carden. I've been here at Sturgey Hills for quite a while now, so I'm sure you've seen me around. Uh, today I'm going to be talking about Harbor City Church. Uh, I've had the privilege to go up there for about uh, three times now over the course of about four to five years, and they've, they've existed for about six years. Harbor City is located in a town called Winthrop. It's about a five to seven minute subway ride from actual downtown Boston, so it's really located in Boston. It'd be like the equivalent of Fountain City to downtown Knoxville. But I've been able to have the privilege to see them grow exponentially over the past couple of years, and I know we'll get further into that. But the reason that I found myself there was for most most reason that men won't understand is that uh, a cute girl was going. So, <laughs> no, no, not really. I, I started taking my faith a, a lot more serious uh, a few months before I'd gone. Uh, well, I guess the first reason is true, too. But... <laughs> uh, I took my faith a lot serious and found myself on some mission trips uh, that we can, or you're going to hear more about as we go on, but I'll pass it on. Uh, hello, my name is Jordan Shipley, and uh, I'm here to talk about Hope Through Him Ministries. Uh, Hope Through Him is in the country of Honduras, and Brad and Christy Linderman, who are originally from Knoxville, uh, moved down there to start the, the ministry down there, uh, I believe about a decade ago. And um, down there, they have a, a lot of different ways they ministry, minister to the, the people in Honduras. Um, they've got two after-school programs in a place called Campo Llano and another place called June 22, where they um, feed uh, the children and uh, minister to them and share the gospel with them and you know, just love on them. Uh, they've also got a, a center in downtown uh, El Progreso, which is the, the city that they're, they're in. And um, it, it's a, a center that where boys come after school uh, that are uh, teenagers, and they've recently started a program for, for younger boys uh, to come and, again, get help with their schoolwork and uh, play soccer. They've got a soccer program uh, that the boys come to. And um, through that, they've also been able to start a youth program um, so that the girls can come and be impacted as well, and that, that's called Connection. Uh, so they've, got, they've just got a lot of different ways that they're, they're reaching out as much as they can to minister to the people down there. Uh, they've also got uh, a program that they do every week called La Mesa, uh, which is the, translates to the table in English. And uh, they, they go and invite uh, people in the community that are uh, homeless or you know, around the street uh, just to, to come and have a meal and fellowship together. And uh, they'll share the gospel with them uh, there very frequently and j just love on the people that are there that uh, might be a little bit less fortunate. Oh, uh, sorry. Love you. Uh, I'm just going to hold this thing for the next 20 minutes. No, um, the, the reason I got involved, I wanted to make sure I uh, said this, was because originally I was uh, working with the youth department a few years ago, and um, Clark had, was talking to the youth about signing up to go to Honduras. And um, 
every time he would mention it to them at the end of, of youth, I was like, man, maybe I should go to Honduras. You know, maybe that's be something I should should uh, should go to, and felt like God might be kind of speaking to me about going, but I never took any action steps or said yes. And then Clark just randomly calls me, and he's like, uh, "Why aren't you going to Honduras?" And I was like, "It's a good question. I don't have a good answer." Uh, so yeah, I guess I'll go to Honduras. So that's why I originally went and I'll tell you more about my experience later. Thanks, Jordan. I'm glad you got that in. Uh, my name is Stanton Martin and I'm here representing the, uh, Connect Church in Batonga City, Philippines. Um, if you were here last week, you were able to see a video, a little bit about our trip and what we were able to do over there in Batonga City. But, um, the Connect Church is a church there that was planted and started by two missionaries that are here from Knoxville, Kim and Jeff Cruz. And they went there about 20 years ago and started witnessing to college-age students that were there. We're starting preaching the gospel to them and uh, started to uh, equip them to be able to go out and share their faith. And so they poured into these students, and now, 20-plus years later, it's ran by those Filipinos, those local Filipinos there that they ministered to, and they're back here working in the States. But they target college-age students because Batonga City is a university hub. There's several different universities there that people travel from all over the Philippines to come and do their studies and do college. And so uh, they, they um, look to witness to those people and have been able to grow their, to grow their church around that. And uh, the way I got involved was when I first met with Joel and the first time I ever really met with Clark, um, we sat down to eat to talk about me working part-time on staff. And uh, upon our first meeting, one of the first things Clark talks about is going on a mission trip to the Philippines. And uh, I just want to say I'm so proud and happy to be a part of a church that pushes fulfilling Acts 1-8, that pushes going on a mission trip, that pushes helping people here, there, and everywhere. And um, so I'm thankful for that. And like Jordan, too, a mission trip is something that my mom and I had always talked about doing growing up, but I always had an excuse or I always had something else going on, and um, I had no excuse this time. Uh, Clark, I actually tried to get out of it another way, just excuses getting in my head, and Clark had a conversation with me and was like, you know, there's all this stuff that you're talking about can wait. All this stuff, it's not going to, these two weeks aren't going to change anything going on. And so you need to come. And so I did. And uh, I'm so happy that I did. It was life-changing. Thank you all for sharing. Um, you know, as you were talking, I was sitting here thinking, Clark had mentioned before, maybe you came today and uh, you were expecting to hear, you know, Joel preach or something like that. Maybe you're thinking, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check out. Obviously, God is at... Um, at work uh, through all of these various different ministries. But it came to mind, I um, actually went 20 years ago uh, when I was sitting out in a congregation, Kim Cruz came to speak to our church at something very similar to this. Uh, and that was the first time that God ever impressed upon my heart that uh, missions was something that he wanted me to be a part of. So stuff like this really, God really does use this type of um, sharing and storytelling uh, to prick the hearts of people um, who are believers and followers of Jesus. And so um, we want to talk now a little bit about just a specific way that you've seen God at work through, uh, through these ministries. So we'll start with Stanton and work our way back this way. Okay, so a little bit more backstory about the culture there in the Philippines. 
the overwhelming majority of them are of a religious Catholic belief. So they believe Jesus to be this great moral teacher, but they don't believe him to be Lord and Savior of their lives. And so they think that it's by their own good works, by being a good person, that they get into heaven. And they don't put their faith and trust in and belief into Jesus. So what we do is, part of our mission, what we do when we go down there, is that we just go out into the community and target these college-age students and share what we call the bridge with them. It's just a method of sharing your faith. Essentially what it is, is an image of us and an image of God. And there's this great chasm between us. And because of our sin, we're separated by this chasm from God. And it, you open it up and you take them through the bridge and it show that it's none of your good works can bridge the gap between you and God. Um, none of your religion can bridge the gap between you and God. And then you flip it to the last page um, and it shows the cross. That's the only thing that can bridge the gap between us and the Lord is Jesus Christ and his sacrifice on the cross for our sins. And so the way that I saw God move while we were there is you're there and you're sharing the gospel to these people that you only met a couple of minutes before. They have this prior background and knowledge of who Jesus is, but then you share that. You flip that last page over and you just see their eyes light up. You see their expression change. You physically see the Holy Spirit moving in front of you in these people's lives. And it's, it's life-changing. So um, it was awesome to see God work there and A lot of times us here in the South, we kind of put God in this box, this centralized box that he works here and he moves in the Bible Belt, but he maybe doesn't move here like he does all over the world. And being able to go over there and see that, see that God's a big God. He's moving here, he's moving there, and he's moving everywhere. And so to have the opportunity to gain that perspective was amazing. Well, that's, that was even better than the first service, man. That was awesome. I'm, I'm not ready to go on a mission trip right now. All right, so um, in, uh, in Honduras, the, the ways I've seen the people be impacted there, um, of course, you know, people giving their lives to the Lord is the, the main reason that Brad and Christy went down there to begin with, and they've seen a lot of that with the students in, um, in the, the Dream Center ministry, the, the boys that come there. Uh, some of them have given their life to the Lord, and uh, the youth group that they've started, they've uh, seen a, a huge growth in that. Um, uh, just over the course of a year. Uh, so that that's one of the main things. Um, but also, not only has their ministry impacted the people that they're there to serve, but also they've got people that are on their staff that are from Honduras that they've hired, uh, you know, as translators or, um, uh, you know, as teachers for the after-school programs. And, and those people have also, um, many of them have given their life to the Lord because of Brad and Christie's ministry down there. I know that the first year I was there, I made friends with one of the translators named Alejandra. And not long after we left, I saw uh, on their, their Facebook page that she, uh, she was baptized not long after we left. So, um, you know, they're also impacting not only the people that they are, um, the ministries are designed to serve, but also the people that are doing the ministering themselves are being ministered to, which is also uh, very awesome to see. Uh, also, they're meeting a lot of spirit, physical needs of people that are there um, with the, with the, uh, the La Mesa, uh, you know, feeding those people and uh, the people in the communities. Um, but the, the biggest way I personally have seen uh, their ministry impact people, it isn't the people of Honduras. It's the people that have come from our church that have gone down there and, you know, seeing girls in our youth group that have, um, have gone out and been impacted by the people in the community 
and the impact that they've had on on our church is the biggest way I've seen um, the ministry impact people directly uh, around me. Um, you know, because every night down there, we, we would always go through and, and kind of have a time to share, like, what's happened, do, do, what happened during the day and how it affected us. And, um, you know, seeing girls in our youth group just break down in tears, crying and talking about how God's working in their life and, and uh, what, what they've seen and how it's impacted them and talk about wanting to be involved in missions themselves as a career later on down the road. Um, seeing those types of things and how it's impacting people in our church is the, 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 my favorite way I've seen it, it impact, um, that their ministry impact people. So kind of similar to uh, what Stanton said about the Philippines is that when most people think about Boston, they just kind of think about, you know, Red Sox, uh, Tom Brady, (laughs) and stuff like that. They think about people that look like me and you, your next-door neighbor, whoever you see at the grocery store. But similar, like I said, to what Stanton said is that most of them up there are Catholic, and you ask them about their faith, and they'll be like, oh, yeah, I have the church. And like, okay, well, when's the last time you've been to that church uh, and who's the preacher or whatever and they can't tell you the name and they can't tell you uh, what decade they went last through those doors and so it's just really impactful to go up there and see that and to know that these people are living their life just like me and you they're going to work they're going to fill up their their car with gas they're going and hopping on the subway whatever it is you know they look just like me and you but yet they live such different lives and they're without the love of Christ in their lives. So how I've seen really the Harbor City impact the Boston community and impact those, as well as Jordan said, those that go there and come back, is that Harbor City, when they first moved to, to Winthrop, it's a very small community. It's kind of close-knit, and they make the joke, if you didn't grow up in Winthrop, then you're really never from Winthrop. And so uh, when they first got in there, they weren't really accepted by the community. They would go to community events and people kind of just walk by and not really know really why they were there or what they were trying to sell, quote unquote. But over the course of the five years that I've been there, especially the last time, which was really impactful, was that we went and did a walk for a skin disease that I can't pronounce. Uh, And the community members came up and they were all smiling. They were thanking them for being there. And there was just nothing but uh, positivity surrounding them and just kind of their reputation in the community. And because of that, it's helped many more people come and just see what they're about, come through the doors and end up staying. And I'll, I'll tell one brief story about one individual that has really impacted my life is that he was a gentleman that serves in the uh, police department there in Winthrop. And uh, he went through 9-11. He's suffered a lot because of that. He's battled addiction in his life and depression and divorce and all all the things that you know we see as negative in life and now uh, him and the pastor became great friends they started off going to the house church uh, that Harbor City started off at and now they're they're good friends with one another and he made a proclamation of faith got baptized and every time I've been back he's been more and more of a spiritual leader not only to his family but his also his uh officers that he helps out in in the force and they look to him now for for prayer for spiritual guidance and that's something that his story touched my heart every single time so we all fall short we're all broken and we all need jesus and i have continuously seen jesus meet ladies behind the walls in correctional facilities 
to pull out those lies that they have heard most of their life, like only he can do, and fill them with his truth, with his love, to show them that they are loved, that they are cherished, that they are his beloved, that they matter. Um, And he does it time and time again. He is so faithful. And he does that through you, through individuals that are willing to go in and teach a faith-based class and just share the love. Um, He does that by the mentoring opportunities where you come into um, our reentry home and maybe cook a meal with the ladies in fellowship and do a a short devotional. Um, it's, It's critical that... Um, individuals are told that they are valued by God, that they are worthy. And then when you see folks that haven't heard that start to believe that and use that and just thrive and grow in their relationships with Christ, it just makes this place a better community. Um, So thank you. The impact and progression that we've seen with 11B, um, I've, I've not had the opportunity to go to Knoxville, but up where we're at, we've started building relationships. We, we feed them physically, but we try to give them the gospel and, and give them hope because there are so many broken people, and a lot of them have just fallen on hard times, and they're sad. And, and they always thank us and say, God bless you and thank us, but... I actually, I'm thankful for them because it keeps things in perspective for me. But we've seen some, God's hand's been in this because now we started out providing 40 meals. Now we have 120 and we run out. And sometimes we run out within 20 minutes. And we, people will call me or text me or message me. I don't even know these people. They say, we have something we want to give to your missionary work, your ministry. And I'm thinking, how did you even know about this? How, because God allows it to spread, and, and and it's just been such a blessing. Well, last, just a few months ago, somebody donated us a bus, a church bus, to, to haul stuff up in, and they were like, it's not running. It's like, okay, we'll get it running. And then we're, now we're getting insurance on it. I mean, it's impacted not just Knoxville. Like I said, we went to Blunt County yesterday to get donations. My husband said, I've got donations in the truck. And it, it makes people feel, after the first service, I had three people stop me out here. We want to help. We want to do something. Um, it's just grown so much. And that has to be the Lord at work. I mean, because, you know, he, in the book of Matthew, Acts, I mean, just, he tells us. He gives us the Great Commission. And then he tells us in the book of Corinthians to be a cheerful giver. And that's not just with your stuff. It's with your time. And it's just life-changing because you get to see these people that are broken and they're worried about just feeding themselves or their kids and we can plant a seed and give them hope and they'll they'll start smiling and they'll come talk to us and tell us, you know, hey, I got a job. I I just got out of rehab. I'm doing better. Thank you all for being up here for us. You all stayed up here with us. If you're not here, where are you? It's like, where were you at last week if, if you're not there? And they count on us to be there. They count on us to, to just to talk to them because it's, it's bigger than just feeding them it, to me. It's just so much more than that. And we have just really grown, and I hope that we grow even bigger. I said in the first service, I hope we have so many people that we can rotate people out on Monday night. I hope that they have to book a private plane to go on missionary work. I mean, I, because Jesus has, 
we're privileged to be able to do something to give back. I mean, a lot of people look at it like, I have to, I have to. It is a privilege to do something for the Lord. It's not a hassle, you know, it's a privilege. But it's grown so much, and this church is phenomenal to support everything. And, you know, I look at those people up there, and a lot of people are like, well, they're dirty. They're this. Well, yeah, they are. But John the Baptist probably looked ridiculous to people <laughs> back in the day, you know. I mean, and it's just when you get involved and do that and you see how it helps other people, like I said, they always say thank you to us. No, it's thank you to them as well for keeping us humble and keeping our priorities how they should be. So, And I hope it just continues to grow and grow. I could sit and listen uh, to stories of God's faithfulness and how he continues to move the gospel forward through um, people like this uh, who are, are choosing uh, to live out Acts uh, 1-8 in their lives. Um, and we could go on and on and on and on and on about it. Uh, but I want to get a little bit more personal uh, right now and talk about how serving this ministry has impacted you personally. And for everyone who's sitting out here today that maybe you're asking yourself, well, I want to, but I just don't know how to get started or how to take that first step. What, what advice would you give um, someone who's maybe feeling that way or thinking that way this morning? It's very humbling. Anytime that you're asked to do something, it, it's humbling because the creator of the heavens and the earth and the universe has entrusted you to do something, and you might not think much about it, but it's a big deal to others. And it has... It has changed my whole perspective of thinking. Um, I, I said in the first service, you know, I'm a social worker, and over the weekends, my people just go berserk. They do. So Mondays are, are rough days for me, and I'm, I'm tired. I'm like, and sometimes I think, oh, I got to do this, got to do it. But when you put it in perspective, they're counting on you to provide them a meal and to maybe pray for them and, and just to talk to them. And I told them, I, I'm a laundry person, I guess, because my husband always says, you like to do laundry, you do it every day. But it's what he doesn't realize is when I'm doing that laundry, I start praising Jesus for my washer and dryer. And, and when I get to clean the house, I've got a house to clean. When I get to go to my closet and put on a pair of shoes or a dress, I've got that to put on. I'm not having to go beg for that or look for that. And I even made the comment, and it, it's so true, you know, I love to shop. I used to like to shop at Belk and Dillard's, and now I'm like, Billy, let's go to Carm, Goodwill. Because it almost convicts, it's, 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 God is so good to us and blesses us so much, and there is nothing wrong with having all that God blesses you with. But for me personally, it's hard for me to go spend on something that when somebody else doesn't have anything. And it just is so life-changing. You really get your priorities in place. It's woe is me. I think that all the time. Woe is, woe is Chrissy. I mean, you've got more than you ever need and more than you ever have de deserved. And it just, it really prioritizes things. And if somebody wants to get involved, we want you involved because it, it's a game changer. It makes you look at everyday life different. You get out of bed and look at, the first thing I do now is like, thank you, Jesus. My eyes are open. And and my prayers used to be, Lord, this, that, this, bless me, bless my family. Now it's like, Lord, let me be focused on you and help somebody else in this day. Don't make it, a, you 
increase, let Chrissy decrease because it's 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 changes. And you see, like Stanton, he went over there, and it's so poverty stricken. And and you know, running water, we take so much for granted. And God is so good to us and blessed us so much. And I just want everybody involved because. It, it makes you happy on the inside. To give back to others, it makes you happy on the inside. And that's what he calls us to do. You know, he, he says go out and, and help others and tell them the good news. And we get to do that through feeding and we get to spread the gospel. So prison ministry can sound a little bit scary, but it's truly not scary. Um, some of the ladies before have said, we've asked, what do you want people to know? And they will say, don't be afraid of me. They are ladies and people just like we are. And we have, we just want to share that love and show you that it's, it's a beautiful ministry. Um, there are opportunities where we can get you plugged in with Knox County um, in training to teach a class behind the walls if you felt called to do that. Um, we have a short application process and some videos um, that you would watch if you would be interested in mentoring ladies. Um, and again, you know, sometimes you think, well, what is mentoring? Mentoring is simply doing something that you like and just asking someone to come along and join you. So I would love to connect with you. You can find um, more information on our website at focustn.org. Um, and I will be out in the lobby. Our focus ladies are here this morning. Um, so if you would like to stop at our table and meet them, um, they would love to meet you. Thank you. So for me, uh, how I've changed most personally is it's more of a mentality of what service looks like. Uh, at Harbor City, when they first started off, they started off in a, just the house of the talents and they grew pretty quickly to uh, to where they needed more space. and. Like I said, Winthrop's a small community, and so the best that they could manage to, to obtain is an abandoned uh, middle school gym. <laughs> and so it's, it functions more of a community center, and so they had to go every Sunday morning and set up all their equipment, all their uh, lighting and backdrops and stuff like that. And what impacted me most is that the people that went to the service were knocking on the door at 8 o'clock like, hey, when are we going to set up? and staying after the service to help break down too. And so it was more of a, this is a community effort. This is a movement to help save this community from being lost to know Christ. And so what I challenge y'all most to do uh, today is not only to pray for Harbor City, pray that uh, they receive help and where they need it the most, and that's just service and just outreach in their community, but also to look at look and say, hey, you know, God's already called me to, to go. It's not I need to go and home and pray about it. He's already said, go. There's no second thought about it, and I get it. I, I've had hesitations before, uh, similar to Stanton. Uh, Clark also drug me to the Philippines, and uh, he, he tried to kill me, but it was an amazing time. <laughs> uh, but I've had hesitations too, but having been a part of multiple of these ministries, that's what I've learned the most is that, you know, serve, and it's going to, it's going to be a blessing to you just to be there. So to tell you a little bit how Honduras has impacted me personally, um, easiest thing to do is tell you a story about a, a little girl that I met down there um, named Sophia. And uh, <clears throat> first year I went, we uh, went to the, the first day we went to a com the com uh, community called June 22. 
and it's one of the poorest communities uh, down there that they serve. And um, we were walking down a dirt path to a, a kitchen where they, they feed the, the students. And um, Brad, who's over the ministry, was walking. And I, I was kind of walking a little bit behind him. He was leading us there. And some of the kids saw, him, saw us coming, and they started running up. And one of the little boys ran up and hugged him, um, you know, because he knows him. He's out there all the time. Uh, and then this little girl is about eight years old that I've never met before. She just runs up and gives me a big hug around the legs. And I'm like, hi there, little girl, you know. And so I kind of, well, I don't know what to do. This is weird. But uh, so anyways, she's like attached to my hip the rest of the day. And we're playing and I'm talking to someone else. And she comes up and is like poking at me and, uh, you know, getting me to chase her and stuff like that. And so I, I just built a, a strong relationship with her that day. And after I left, I asked, you know, was asking uh, Christy, Brad's wife, about about her, and um, she was telling me that her family, um, she has four siblings, um, ranging from a teenager all the way down to a newborn infant, and um, that they had just recently had a hurricane in the fall before we came, and uh, during the hurricane, her her father left the home to go check on his mother, who's in a different community, and uh, he he never came back, um, and they don't know if you know he he died in the floodwaters or just left and decided not to come back. They don't know what happened to him. Um, but so now the, the, her mother's a single mother with, with five children. Um, and, um, she's in a, a 20 by 20 foot home with a concrete floor, center block walls and trying to raise all these kids by herself. Um, so the, the, we went, I, we were able to go back to that community, uh, uh, before the end of the trip again. And, um, Sophia took me to her home and, um, I met her and some of her siblings and her new, um, her new baby brother, uh, was actually named Jordan, which is obviously my name. And so that was something that was one of those God moments that you tell people about, and it might not impact them when you tell them, but you feel the touch of God in that moment. Um, it's one of those situations where it's like God was speaking to me, like, this is, this is your person that I want you to impact down here. So when I left, I, I decided to start sponsoring her and um, wrote letters to her, sent her gifts at Christmas, that kind of thing, and of course did my best to get back. And so I went back the past couple years and um, whenever I was down there this past year, um, you know, the, the, well, the first year we were there, I want to, want to share this. She, um, they get, Clark spoke a message and afterwards I asked her, what did you learn? And she said, uh, God punishes us. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's, that's not at all. So I, what all the, the situation is, you know, so they're Catholic and they, they you know, also, um, kind of have this view of God that he's very judgmental. And so I, I had a conversation with her about that. Um, but the, the most recent year I went, um, some of the girls who were talking to the, the girls, uh, during the lesson said that she was the one answering all the questions and she was getting all of them right. So to see that growth and how she's learned over the past couple of years, it, it was also a huge impact to me. Um, and the translator, uh, this past time we went, told me that she heard her speaking to one of her friends and just overheard their conversation. The little girl was asking Sophia, you know, who's, who's the, the guy that you're always talking to? And uh, the, Sophia said, that's Jordan. He's like my dad. And, uh, you know, that's why you want to go on a mission trip. <laughs> if nothing else, you want to go because you develop relationships with people like that that you'll never get a chance to develop unless you go. Um, and the other reason, like Courtney said, God told you to go. Jesus said in Mark go into the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. He didn't say just go to your job or your school in Knoxville, Tennessee and talk to the people there. He said go into the whole world. So that's, that's the, the main reason you go is because Jesus told you. But 
you don't understand like the little bit of sacrifice you might have to make, whether it's sacrificing money or cutting out a week of time in your schedule or not going to Disney World on vacation, but going to the Philippines or Honduras or getting involved and in, in going to Boston or a prison ministry, like do something. You know, it's time that a lot of us, I'm sorry, I'm getting, starting to preach here. Some, some of us need to get some skin in the game. You know, I mean, a lot of us, I feel like are consumers of church. We come and we sit in a pew every week and we leave and check a box and say, I went to church this week instead of getting involved and getting our hands dirty and serving the way God's called us to. Um, and the last thing I'll say is you can tell you know, you, sometimes you, you might have told someone a story and you're like, hey, this is a funny story. Let me tell you the story. And at the end, it's like crickets. And you're like, well, you kind of had to be there. That's, that's kind of the way serving is. Like, you don't know until you go. So go. I said last service, how do I follow that up? And I'll say it again. <laughs> Jordan, that's uh, a great challenge for us um, to go and share our faith and to go on missions or to go work somewhere locally or get involved somehow. Um, I said a, a stat in the first service, and I don't know if it's right. Again, don't fact check me. Um, I think I said something like 90%, but I know that the overwhelming majority of Christians, professing Christians, go their whole lives from birth to death not sharing their faith once, not personally sharing their faith one time, Asking somebody, what do you believe? Do you believe Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? That's the overwhelming majority of Christians that aren't obeying the commandment in Acts 1.8. I was over there in the Philippines. I was walking alongside these Filipinos who had been shared to, and now it's their mission. Their life goal is to share with other people in Batonga City, to share Christ. They get up every day, they go eat, then they go to the public square. That would be like us every single day waking up and during our free times going down to Market Square in downtown Knoxville, going around inserting ourselves in some conversations and then say, hey, can I share something with you? And then sharing the bridge, showing people how we're separated from God or sharing your faith, um, asking them what they believe in and then telling them about Christ. The overwhelming majority of Christians don't do that. And that's what these people were doing every single day. So while I was over there, the Filipinos there said it was a great encouragement that we were there helping them spread the gospel. But at the same time, I'm thinking, wow, this you, I'm ministering to you guys, but you guys are ministering to me. I was over there and I was convicted the whole time about how I live my life here in the States. Those people are there among their own people that they see every single day and their life's goal is to share the gospel. They were doing what Paul said. Paul went from door to door. He said, I'm free from the blood of all men. He preached it everywhere he went. That's what these guys were doing over there. And it was so convicting. I think back in my life, when is the last time that I just opened up or I, I felt the Holy Spirit convict me about somebody that I needed to talk to? When's the last time that I did it? Do I shun it? Do I, do I go ahead and do I, you know, and I was, I was thinking to myself, it's been years since I just opened up and shared my faith with somebody else. And that's something that we're not only supposed to do, you know, once a year, once every couple of years. It's something we're supposed to do every day of our lives, as often as we can. And yet some people go their whole lives and never once share Jesus with somebody else. Those are souls. Clark said that all these people um, die every single day without knowing Christ. These are real live souls that are eternal, that are either going to spend their eternal life in heaven they're going to spend it in hell. 
and we have the knowledge of what these guys need to know to spend eternal life with Christ, most of the time we keep it to ourselves. I was ashamed coming back from it. And I've made a promise to myself to live life differently after seeing that. So if you guys haven't been on missions, there's opportunities to do that here. There's opportunities to do it in the States. There's opportunities to do it in Lake City in Knoxville. There's opportunities to do it in Harbor City. There's opportunities to do it all across the world. You know, we, we, we send out mission trips, people on missions, all the time. There are certain missions where you can go and you can build things and you can minister to certain communities around, and those are great and those are good. And I encourage you to do those. And I also encourage you to go on an evangelical mission trip where you're sharing your faith with somebody, when you're asking somebody what they believe, and then you're telling them the only way that they can be saved, not by any of their good works, but only by Jesus Christ. And so I encourage you guys to do that. And uh, again, happy to be a part of a church that pushes missions. We have opportunities all the time, here, there, and everywhere to serve. We challenge you all to do that. Um, I just want to take a second and just thank you all so much for sharing your heart and your experiences, you know, with all of us this morning. Um, before we got started, Clark told us the why, why missions. Um, you all had the opportunity to tell us the, um, the what missions is, where uh, it happens. Um, and so really the question left to be answered uh, is, is who and how, who is supposed to participate in this. And Acts 1.8 tells us very clearly, if you're a believer and you're a follower of Jesus, you are the active participants of moving the gospel forward through the, the power of the Holy Spirit that um, Acts 1.8 tells us about. And then the how, you know, I work for a mission organization. People come to me all the time. And they're like, how do I know? How do I know if I'm supposed to go? Um, I always tell them to just pray. Um, we already know we're supposed to go uh, somewhere to do something. We're all gifted differently. We have gifts, talents, and abilities that are unique to us that God wants us to use for the kingdom. And so really just lay that down before the Lord and say, God, where and when uh, would, you, would you have me to, to participate in this work? Listen uh, to the heart of God. And when he tells you, no matter how scary it is, no matter how much it doesn't make sense, because maybe the finances aren't there, or all of the excuses the enemy might lay at your feet, put your yes on the table. And God will provide in ways that will blow your mind, in ways that are beyond what you could ever ask or imagine, not just in the going, but also in preparing your heart to go and to do the work that he has called you to do. And so that is the challenge for all of us today, that that work continues through the people who are sitting up here on the stage and that the gospel continues to go forward through all of us that love the Lord and want to be obedient to live out our lives um, in, in a way that honors and glorifies him. So thank you again for sharing. And it's just, it is an honor to be um, at a church that um, really shines a spotlight on um, the Great Commission. All right, so what we want to do now before we, we have uh, the band come out and play, um, play a song, close up, is I want, if you have been on a mission trip with a church at Sturgey Hills, or if you have um, served with, with any of these local ministries, not just uh, Focus, but any local ministries that we partner with, or if you've, you've helped with 11B, um, I want to put you on the spot. You don't have to say anything. I just want you to come down here. 
And I want to see how many people we have here this morning that serve with some of these ministries. Come on down here. We're going to pray for you guys. And um, we're going to pray that more people would get involved in serving. So come on down. And there are so many opportunities, and I used to um, see missions as like it's a select few people that are supposed to get involved. And um, we had, it was full up here in the first service, and it's full up here now of people standing across here. And um, there's opportunities. There's so many opportunities. So let's, let's go before the Lord in prayer and um, just pray for them and, and pray for more opportunities. God, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to be here at the Church of Sturkey Hills this morning. And God, I thank you for each person that shared their testimony, their personal testimony up here. And I thank you, God, that you are calling us to be a part of your work. I thank you, God, that you are calling us um, to be involved in your kingdom agenda. Lord, you set the example for us. You came and you were a servant to all people and you call us to be servants. And God, that's where we find true joy. That's where we, we find true peace, true hope in life. It's in you, Jesus. And God, if, if um, there's one here that doesn't know that, I pray, God, that this would be their day of salvation. For those that do, I pray, God, that they would commit themselves um, to become more involved in the work that you have called them to, that their life's purpose would be about honoring you and glorifying you and leading others to you, God. I thank you, Lord, for those that you have sent, those that you have, um, those that have gone overseas and and serve those that are serving and are actively serving and helping local ministries. We thank you for those um, that are going to 11B, those that are going to the other side of the world, God. And we pray, Lord, that you would send more and you would just show each person where they are to play a part in your kingdom agenda. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope that God spoke to you through this message. If you enjoyed the message, be sure to subscribe to our weekly podcast and visit our website at sturkey.church to find all the latest information and upcoming events. Be sure to join us again next week. Until then, may God bless you.